Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. Our Gospel lesson for this morning comes from Luke, the third chapter. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able to raise from these stones, or from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees, and every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? In reply, he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers asked him, And we, what should, what, what, what should we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. Here ends our gospel lesson. Please be seated. Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I just uh, want to lift up again uh, the thanks for several years ago when we finished uh, updating the sewer system and finished the basement of the parsonage and complete with that is the, uh, the guest room. So we've had now a bishop from South Africa and pastor from the Church of Norway. So right here in little old Ronan, our ministry is getting all international and stuff. So... Thanks again to all you guys. Well, when my friend Morgan, who you just heard, and wonderful job, Morgan. That was very beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Um, when Morgan uh, was studying at Wartburg Seminary with me in Iowa, he and I traveled to my hometown of Decorah one wintry weekend in December. Of course, I had to take him to see the Vesterheim Museum there the largest Norwegian-American museum in the United States. <laughs> the name Vesterheim translates to mean Western home in English. And I thought it was fitting that he experience it since he had made our seminary his Western home for the year. 
So we traveled back to my parents' house to check it out. Now I gotta say, Morgan made a lot of excellent choices in order to experience America to the fullest in his year of study amongst us humble Midwesterners. He traveled all over North America, from Chicago to Minneapolis to Nebraska to Montana to New York to Las Vegas. The guy tra has traveled, no joke, to more states than I have. And I've lived in this country most of my life. He hit up city operas that he loves, used his connection to get no, to know places much more personally, and uh, generally rocked the American experience as, one as, well, as well as one could hope during a mere year of study within our shores. Now, one of these excellent choices that he made that year, which was to purchase an American muscle car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Ann will be happy to know that he bought a uh, used white 2003 Ford Mustang. <laughs> he was intent to drive all over America, and he was going to drive in style. And that, uh, let me tell you, that car had some get up and go. And then, even though it was not modified or anything like that, that I'm sure the Grandleys would do if, if it was in their possession, it still had a lot of power beneath the hood. Well, that weekend when we were traveling to my hometown, he let me drive that beautiful beast, since I know, knew the way well. A decision he may have ended up regretting. <laughs> it had snowed pretty hard the night before, and the plows were having a tough time getting all the roads cleared ahead of us as we made our two-hour drive from Dubuque to Decorah. So I was driving fairly cautiously in all the snow. Well, as it turned out, I was not driving cautiously enough. While we were traversing the snow-covered highways, mere 20 minutes from my parents' house, in that powerful car descended from Henry Ford's manufacturing genius. The power in the car's engine became too much for the icy traction beneath the tires to handle. I lost control and the car began to spin from north to south. My attempts to recover in the middle of the slide were no good. We did a complete 180 degree slide from the northbound lane fully around into the south, where we finally stopped. Shocked, but alive and well in one piece, with the car okay as well. Maybe you guys care more about the car's well-being. <laughs> My pride as a driver was in tatters. I had very badly miscalculated what this masterpiece of American manufacturing could handle in front of a European, after all. <sighs> I'm so ashamed, guys. Oh, geez. But I quickly offered silent words of gratitude to God that we were safe and sound on that snow-covered road. We had been fully spun around against our will. And though we were just as dazed and confused as the car behind us that saw the whole thing unfold, but simply kept driving north as they stared at us in bewilderment, still, we were all right. We were a little safer, and I was a little wiser behind the wheel of that Mustang as we drove the final few miles of our journey and arriving safely in the end. 
I share this story to reflect on how it must have felt to be around John the Baptist as he railed against his fellow Judeans on the banks of the Jordan River. You brood of vipers, he said with venom in his own breath. Who warns you to flee from the wrath to come? Like an icy road in, the nor in northeast Iowa during winter, John spun the people around and left them dazed and confused. They were descendants of Abraham, chosen by God. They were the tribes confirmed to be in the grace of the Almighty through the covenant that was sealed directly between them and God himself through the prophet Moses on Sinai. In spite of all that, John was calling them a brood of venomous snakes. Which way were they heading, north or south? Who could tell anymore? John was intentionally spinning them around, and it is no wonder that they would be confused about which way they were headed as people of God. Repent, John shouted. And as challenging as it was, they seemed to listen. So the crowds wondered aloud, what then, what then should we do? A reasonable question that I think most all of us still have as men, uh, of messengers of God. How do we live a life pleasing to God? How does our Lord want us to treat one another? How do we run our schools, our businesses, our city, county, state, and federal governments in a way that, to quote John, bears fruits worthy of repentance, as John demanded of his audience? How do we some, humble sinners hope to do anything even remotely pleasing in the sight of God? Well, thankfully, John gave them a glimpse of the kinds of changes that God was expecting of them so that they could prepare the way for the Savior to enter their lives. He said, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone that has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Be generous with your abundance. If someone is lacking, Give what you have to help their need. To the tax collectors who had been given free license by the Roman oppressors to extort money from their fellow countrymen, he said, collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. To them, he did not call for insurrection, rebellion, or even say, stop collecting taxes at all. We could very well imagine one who spoke so sternly to rebuke the whole business of empire, uh, would rebuke the whole business of empire and tax collection entirely and say something like, no more oppressive government anywhere, ever. But he did not. Instead, he called them to work within the system, but avoid letting greed rule their lives. It was legal for them to enrich themselves at the expense of their neighbors. But John called them to repent of such ways and let respect and love for their neighbors be more important than their material or financial gain. To the soldiers who were free to harass, imprison, and bully 
Pretty much anyone in Judea, he said, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusations, and be satisfied with your wages. Apparently, it was commonplace for soldiers back then to take advantage of the fact that the imperial system would back them without question or, or, and back them without care for the individuals that they harmed, even when the soldiers would make up false accusations to commandeer all of their property by throwing their victims in prison. John called them to repent, not of being soldiers, mind you, but to repent of taking more than they needed just because they could. Now, we may think that some of these problems are just from the ancient past and really has little to do with us anymore. The Roman Empire is long gone, and we thankfully do not need to worry about soldiers in our streets or tax collectors at our doors in the same way. Though I'm Imagine some of you are thinking of criticisms of the IRS, and this is floating around in your minds right now. <laughs> now, there was no such thing as individual rights or liberties back then. And even though many are fearful that our freedoms are being threatened, we have it pretty good compared to how, those, how things were in the, whole, um, in the Holy Lands two millennia ago. Yet, Though our situation is far different than John's audience's was, many of the things he calls out seem as present now as they ever were. From social media executives intentionally turning a blind eye to the fact that their platforms lead teenagers to depression and suicide, to drug companies choosing to ruin small towns like ours all across the United States, by fueling the drug crisis, just for profits. There are many things worthy of repentance in our own time. John's calls on those with power to be content with what they have and refrain from extorting money from others for their own gain, own gain, seems alive and well now in our, in our time as ever does not require much effort to imagine John in the 21st century dressing down a room full of billionaires, saying, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee the wrath to come? With this in mind, I say to all of us here and now, let John the Baptist spin you around again and again. When he calls you through the ages to repent, take him seriously. If you are in the northbound lane, take seriously that he may be spinning you around to head south. If you are in the southbound lane, prepare yourself to head north. For in this great but difficult process of getting turned around from the ways that seem comfortable and normal to us, the way of the Christ child is made clear and straight in our hearts. John challenges us to be more generous than we would choose on our own. For in being more generous than we would be otherwise, we get a glimpse, just, just a glimpse, of the infinite generosity of God in sending the Son to save us.
John challenges us to refrain from taking more than we need and to respect our neighbors more than they likely deserve. For in doing these things, we experience just a small amount of what God does for us. Finally, we should see that there is good news in this business of being spun around for the sake of the gospel. Because in the great spinning work of repentance, our hearts are opened to receive the way of God. And the way of God is always the right way. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.